Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This is Cork Today. Cork Today. With J.P. McNamara on C103. And good morning. It is JP with you right through until one o'clock with Cork Today. Bernie taking your comments across the show. You can call us now on 0818103103 or you can text or indeed WhatsApp to 0862103103. You can email across the morning to corktoday at c103.ie. And ahead on this morning's show, police in the US have launched an investigation after an Irish bishop was shot dead. This is 69-year-old Bishop David O. Connell, who's originally from Brook Lodge in Glanmire and worked in the Los Angeles area. Uh, he was a priest initially and then became a bishop for the last 45 years, well known for his work, known as the peacekeeper, and also worked with many of the disadvantaged communities. We'll be hearing uh, about him and indeed what led to his shooting as investigations continue there across Los Angeles over the weekend. Also, the Lord Mayor of Cork is calling for more Gardaí to be made available to make our towns and cities safer. Councillor Deirdre Ford said that there are a number of streets in Cork that she would not feel safe walking down at certain times. And would you agree with her on this? I mean, do you feel that there is many streets that if you are in and about the city centre, you would just skip and not walk through because you feel they are unsafe? Already this morning when we did mention this, a number of people are raising the issue of Mary Ellen's Bridge and they feel that is unsafe. Also areas of North Main Street and Anderson's Key and the lanes of Patrick Street. They're all being uh, mentioned this morning on our WhatsApp and texts. Uh, people feel that, that they just would not walk down there on their own and uh, the Lord Mayor is calling for more Gardaí to be issued to Cork and we have seen from figures released over the last four to five years of Gardaí when they leave Templemore they are sent the majority at times to the East Coast and in particular to Dublin and that region and many would say they need them there and they do uh, but there's a lack of balance now when it comes to Gardaí being sent to areas like Cork and the southwest and Galway and other uh, towns and cities that do need extra Gardaí but then uh, while people look at those figures there's a bigger issue within the Gardaí a recruitment issue they're finding it tough to first of all get Gardaí to join or get those to join the force go to Templemore and become a guard and then outside of that those who were within the force are leaving for uh, multiple of reasons uh, reasons that are within the 
Gardaí themselves and then reasons that they see happening on the streets or Gardaí being attacked and they just feel they can go to a job where they don't have to be enduring attacked or being spit at every day. So a number of factors there that could lead to less Gardaí in our streets. But your views are welcome on that 0818103103. Text or WhatsApp 0862103103. And further protests are planned to prevent a large proportion of lands sold to a British investment fund. At the moment, what is sold looks like it's gone through and not too sure if that can be reversed or not at this stage. We'll be discussing the protests that are going to take place again later this week and why one Cork community is finding it hard to recruit a school traffic warden. And this is due to abuse. We'll be hearing from the community of Castle Martyr. And on our insurance segment, something I'm going to mention shortly is the number of uninsured cars on the rise on Irish roads. Also discussing the NCT delays and how that can impact on your car insurance and items covered are not covered under your home insurance. That's ahead later after 11.30 with Paul Kavanagh from McCarthy Insurance Group and we'll be crossing live to London after midday joining our man Crossy who was on the red carpet last night for the BAFTAs. Yes, he was in attendance and a good night it was for the Irish. He'll join us after 12 with all the latest and the goss from the BAFTAs last night and from 12.30 Annalisa will join us answering all your nutritional questions. So that and more to come between now and one and lines open. Your views are welcome 0818103103 or indeed text or WhatsApp 0862103103 but I mentioned there about the number of uninsured cars uh, on our roads. It's grown for the third year in a row and this is coming from the Motor Insurers Bureau of Ireland the MIBI and the total number of private vehicles and those driving without insurance last year reached over 187,000 that is a huge number it's an increase of roughly 13,000 since 2021 and with more and more cars on our roads it's not good when you see that the cars that we have on our roads the majority not the majority but a good number of them are uninsured uh, it's accounting seemingly for 8.3% of the entire fleet of private vehicles and Irish roads and of course under law uh, the penalties uh, for driving without a valid insurance and if the Gardaí Shikona come along and spot you don't have insurance on your car they have the power to seize the vehicle on the spot and you automatically then uh, receive five penalty points a substantial fine and you go to court uh, but clearly not enough is to be being done at the moment anyhow to discourage those uninsured drivers across the country that's coming from the MIBI and the thing with this is we're all paying for it so if you hit or some well what more than likely happens is a car hits you and that car can be uninsured but then it's up to your insurer to try and fight this and in the end they have to go to the MIBI to claim any money that is owed to you. It could be too costly for you to pay this yourself. So in the end, you will be paying out regardless because it's your insurance premium will be going up. But also, it's all our insurance premiums go up because of this. So while some people might say, you know, a lot of people can't afford insurance and is this one of the reasons, uh, not too sure what is the reason, but at the same time, all of us are going to pay higher premiums if that does continue because of claims and uh, the claims have to be paid and they're paid by increasing premiums. So uh, that is a worry and we'll discuss that later in the show also. And how many times have we got calls in from people if there's a road diversion and we had that lately in and around the Fermoy, Castletown Roach, Killavullen and Mitchellstown areas. And also last year, the year before, it was in and around the Dunmanway area where uh, sat-navs sent trucks up 
tiny roads that are not equipped to hold any Arctic truck, well, that could be a changing because millions of what they're called are rat-run drivers who steer into the back roads to get ahead of the traffic. Well, that seemingly now is going to stop because manufacturers of sat-navs like TomTom, they're going to change their algorithms and this will channel motorists onto main roads and not shortcuts like we are used to. So the new system, they're working on it and it is planned by 2025 and it's been backed by a number of governments right across uh, Europe and it's hopefully will keep those roads and in the residents who often complain about the extra traffic and indeed engine fumes from those uh, cars who do take shortcuts and end up in those back roads as we call them. Anyhow, that is due to change with Satnav changing their uh, their routes over the next number of years and some people upset, a lot of people upset by this this morning and it's been going on for the uh, for over the weekend and, and the end of last week it's the bank AIB they are due to be hauled before the Oireachtas Finance Committee over the uh, what's been described as a jaw-dropping settlement with, that they have made with the former GA star DJ Carey uh, this saw more than 99% of his multi-million euro debt written off uh, now the majority of the state-owned bank agreed it would write down over 9.5 million in debt owed by the former Kilkenny Hurler uh, to 60,000 in 2000 2017. And when you look at this case, and for many who find themselves in this situation, DJ Carey really has nothing has done nothing wrong because it comes under the insolvency practitioner who we would have spoken with over the height, I suppose, of uh, just before the lockdowns where people were finding themselves in this trouble. Uh, you get appointed an insolvency practitioner. That practitioner then will act on your behalf. There's a number of them in Cork. There's a number of them across the country. And this is what they try and do. They try and reach a settlement with the bank to see if they can write down some of your debt that you can't pay and that but at some stages the bank realised that uh, they won't get the money so they have to come to some agreement uh, and that's something that has probably happened in this case as well uh, but AIB now seemingly are going to be hauled into in front of the Oireachtas Committee because of that and we are hearing of course what is due to take place tomorrow and more on that very shortly on uh, the spring cost of living package that is due to be announced but the first price cut in the cost of electricity is being revealed and that is coming from Penergy and they have broken ranks from all the others and they have announced a price reduction of 7.1%. That will come in from the end of this month. And many of our listeners have been on to us over the last month or so and telling us that wholesale gas uh, is on the way down. Electricity prices have plunged back to levels seen before uh, Russia invaded Ukraine in many other countries, but not happening here. And why so? Well, Penergy are the first to come out and reduce their prices. Uh, but larger players such as Electric Ireland, Borgosh Energy, SSE Electricity, Energia. Uh, I wonder will they follow suit? And they probably will have to because it's going to be difficult for them to argue that they are unable to reduce customer prices when Penergy have come out. And uh, while we have seen energy prices increase a lot over the last two years, it seems that the annual electricity costs for a typical household have doubled to around €2,000. So uh, if you add that up over the last two years, there seemingly has been 62 different price rises from the dozen or so energy suppliers in this market. That's only in the last two years. And uh, back to the cost of living, what will be announced tomorrow? Well, there's a lot up for discussion. Uh, The Green Party, uh, if you read some papers this morning, they say they have won their battle 
on the cost of living uh, and that there won't be any 200 euro electricity credit for the summer months. But then others will say it's still being looked at and it could be announced. So we'll have to wait and see what happens tomorrow. Uh, But what is included, anyhow, it seems to include both targeted and universal supports. And our reporter, Claire McNamara, has more on what is due to come out tomorrow. With only days to go until the government provides an update on the cost of living supports, speculation is growing on what measures will continue into next month. An additional child welfare payment is on the cards as families continue to struggle with mounting bills. An energy rebate is also expected to be announced. Social Democrats TD Gary Gannon says struggling households need to be protected. I'd like to see increased targeted welfare packages for people who are on social welfare, people who are in pension supports, people who are the ones who are experiencing this food poverty. The government is set to expand the energy support scheme for struggling businesses. However, the public can expect some blows in terms of fuel costs and the VAT rate. The hospitality sector will likely see VAT jump from 9% to 13.5%. But Finnegrail TD Michael Ring says the hospitality industry ripped people off when the VAT was reduced. And maybe the government could look at some way at breaking it apart and giving it to the restaurants and the hotels or didn't do justice to people when they got the VAT rate off before. Further doubling of other core social welfare payments are also under consideration, but no decision has been made. And would you agree there with uh, Michael Ring, uh, the deputy who has outlined he feels anyhow that the VAT rate should go up to 13.5% unless they can change it for restaurants uh, because hotels were not fair to consumers over the last year when they got that VAT rate of 9%. Do you agree with him on that? Uh, we are hoping to speak to uh, the Irish Hotel Federation on the show t- uh, tomorrow morning. We we're hoping to chat with them today, but unavailable to us. So they are joining us tomorrow. Maybe they are speaking with uh, the government, trying to get a last minute deal. But would you agree with uh, the deputy there, Michael Ring, on what he says? Maybe change that rate so that hotels do have a higher VAT rate of 13.5% and leave the 9% to those serving food in bars or indeed in restaurants as well. Your view is welcome on that. He feels that when the hotels got it before, uh, that they mis- I suppose, abused it more, more than likely, uh, is what he is saying. Anyhow, your view is welcome on that. 0818 103 103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. C103 Summer Getaway. And it continues across this week Your chance to win with C103 Summer Getaway Last week it was Salou Now we could be sending you and a friend to Lanzarote Enjoy seven nights in the Vique San Antonio from June 4th And then listen for C103 Sunshine Song of the Day And today this is the one you're looking out for Bill Withers, lovely day. When you hear that, you can text or WhatsApp for your chance to win. C103, summer getaway. Win your way to Lanzarote all this week. Only here on C103. And I'll be playing this between now and one. Best of luck. If you hear it, text or WhatsApp. And you could be heading off to Lanzarote. Now, Gardaí are appealing for anyone with information following an incident in Victoria Cross on Saturday morning where a car, it's believed, drove through a store. Now, our news reporter, Murray Tuig, joins me with more on this. Good morning to you, Murray. Good morning, JP. What exactly happened here? 
Yeah, so it happened at around 5am on Saturday morning over the weekend and at the centre store there on Victoria's Cross. And just, I suppose, to give it, uh, I suppose, location-wise, it's quite close to Cork County Hall and it's not far there from UCC as well. And that's one of the things that the owner has told the Irish examiner that, you know, if it happened 24 hours earlier, you know, it could have been way worse because, you know, students would have been walking home in the early hours of the morning. They were out for Rag Week celebrations last week. So that's what he's been telling the Irish examiner. But there's believed to have been thousands of euro worth of damage caused here and the car careered through the front doors. Now, Cork Bio have CCTV footage of the incident and, and they're saying that a car with extensive damage was located nearby close to the scene. So detectives, we understand, are examining CCTV footage in the area to try and establish exactly what happened here. And I suppose the events leading up to, to this and um, the guard or the examiner rather are saying Gardaí are searching for the driver and any occupants of the car. And as I say, it's believed to have caused thousands of euro worth of damage. Now, I think the owner didn't expect maybe that he could reopen on Saturday, but he could, he did. It reopened Saturday afternoon, so the shop is open. There was no injuries reported to Gardaí and they're saying that the investigations are ongoing. And as the investigation is underway, it's a good point the owner's making there because even though on a Saturday morning people out and about might have been gone home earlier around four, but if it was an hour earlier, somebody could have been really injured in that. Absolutely. And that's it. Like when you think of, of Rag Week and you think of, mm. you know, where do students tend to live if they're living away from home? And it is in the vicinity of the college. So um, all in that area, we densely populated with students who are going to UCC and probably MTU and other colleges around uh, Cork as well. It would be a very popular spot to live. So I think that was, you know, he was saying, you know, if you just think back, if it did happen 24 hours earlier, what might have been? Now, there's some pictures online as well of the damage that was caused and it's fairly extensive um, but he was glad to, to have the, the assistance of uh, there was work uh, people came in and supported him in, in getting the shop reopened and as I say he didn't think that he'd be open maybe until today tomorrow but got to, to reopen again on Saturday so that was that was good I suppose for, for them and look the guards are saying if there's anyone with any information on this to come forward you can contact uh, any guard station you can contact the guard the confidential line and uh, they would appreciate anyone who does have any information uh, to contact them. Okay, and also, Maureen, sad news over the weekend as police in the US have launched an investigation after an Irish bishop was shot dead. Now, this is 69-year-old Bishop David O'Connell, originally from Brook Lodge in Glanmire, and he was shot in the suburb of Los Angeles on a Saturday afternoon. And Maureen, he had served for a priest for a number of years and later as a bishop uh, for 45 years, well known in the area for his work, uh, known as a peacekeeper and also though his work with the more disadvantaged communities there in LA. That's it, yeah. He was ordained in 1979 and as you said there, JP, you served as a priest in Los Angeles. But as you mentioned, he hailed from Cork, from Brook Lodge, England, and he'd always maintained his connection with family and friends and he'd been a regular visitor here to Cork. And uh, Bishop Fintan Gavin, the Bishop of Cork and Ross, has paid tribute uh, to uh, Bishop David O'Connell. He suffered, as you say, a gunshot wound and that was to the torso over the weekend. And it, it sent shockwaves, you know, like I suppose across LA, but also here in, in Cork and Ross. And um, Bishop Gavin's been expressing his prayerful support to the family here in Cork and as well to Archbishop Jose H. Gomez and the people, the priests and the religious of the Archdiocese of Los Angeles. And as you say there, it happened in, in L.A. but in the suburb of Hacienda Heights and it happened on Saturday afternoon. 
the police in LA are investigating the circumstances of his death and they have an investigation underway. And as you said there, you know, Bishop O'Connell, he worked tirelessly for peace and harmony in communities and so many tributes have been paid to him. And as the investigation is underway at the moment, any motive for the shooting or any idea on why this happened? It hasn't been uh, said uh, at the moment, JP, or it hasn't become apparent. They're investigating all of the circumstances here. They've said that he received a gunshot wound to his torso, and I'm sure they'll be um, investigating fully as to exactly what happened here and if there was a motive, and they'll be looking at all of the circumstances um, surrounding what happened. But for now, tributes are flowing in for Bishop O'Connell. And I suppose when you know someone goes abroad and he's been in LA for quite a number of years, uh, so I suppose we're learning a lot about the, the, the wonderful work work he did and hearing all those lovely tributes they say they're saying you know he worked tirelessly for peace and harmony in communities and as you said they're known as the peacekeeper Well we do wish our sympathies and send them to all his family in Glanmire across Cork and indeed the communities in LA for the moment Marais thanks for joining us this morning Thank you, JP. Take care. Uh, that is our news reporter, Murray Tuig. Uh, our lines are open 0818103103. Text or WhatsApp 0862103103. On the way next, the Lord Mayor of Cork joins us. Uh, this is Councillor Deirdre Forge and a call for more Gardaí to be made available for all towns and cities to make them safer because she has come out and said she does not feel safe walking down her own city centre at certain times. We'll speak with Deirdre next. This is Cork Today on C103. Email Patricia now with your story or comment. Cork Today at C103.ie. The Lord Mayor of Cork is calling for more Gardaí to be made available to make our towns and cities safer. Councillor Deirdre Ford said that there are a number of streets in Cork that she wouldn't feel safe walking down at certain times. And the Lord Mayor joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Deirdre. Good morning, JP. What have you witnessed to make you say this? Well, it's not so much what I have witnessed as what I am hearing and listening uh, from other people who live in the city and who live in the suburbs. Many of them have said to me that they will feel a lot more safer with more visibility of Gardaí on control on the ground. And I know that there has been an increase in Gardaí since 2015, but that's a long time ago and policing has changed dramatically. And I think the file... You know, the Gardaí have a broad range of things to tackle. It could be anything from a parking fine to, you know, the results of a depraved act by some individual who may or may not uh, be unstable because of drugs. And this, of course, adds to the instability, uh, the insecurity of people who might come into uh, the city or any part of the suburbs. After all, we spent a fortune, people's money, on beautifying the streets. And, you know, uh, we have a new uh, proposal now for five sculptures in the city will really enhance the city centre. And we don't want the people that are engaging in behaviour that's going to ruin it for the vast majority. And I believe the two ways we can tackle that is more visibility, more guardy on the beat, on the streets at all different times, and it would make people feel safer. And also, there's a local safety, a local community safety partnership in pilots in Dublin, Longford, and Wexford. And these are independently chaired with its own administration and coordinator. And it would bring in all the individuals and statutory agencies to 
have a local safety plan for their area. And, and have you mentioned this to the Gardaí? Because we have seen figures coming out from those who leave Templemore, most sent to the Dublin region, and not a lot coming to Cork. Does that need to change as well? Many Gardaí here in Cork will say the lack of resources they have is hampering uh, their work. Well, you know, we need to get people to join the wonderful job that is the Gardaí. And you might say, oh, people would laugh you at you saying that, Deirdre. But, you know, it's a very noble thing to join the Gardaí they're responsible for public order and safety. And I think that we need to change our attitude to the Gardaí and start supporting them. If law and order breaks down in society, where do we go after that? Yeah, very true. Yeah, And I know they are having problems recruiting people and a lot of that is to do with their own factors within the Gardaí, but also what those outside the Gardaí are witnessing from the way Gardaí are treated, I suppose, in various parts of the country. But Deirdre, I mean, we mentioned you were coming on earlier this morning and we have a lot of people who were agreeing with you and are saying they would not walk in certain areas like side lanes of Patrick Street, Mary Ellen's Bridge is coming up a lot this morning on the show. And they're saying between certain hours there's an an air or a feel of discomfort in the city centre. Some saying from 7pm. Well, you know, we and and the council have spent a fortune, as I said, in trying to keep the streets clean. We're doing large projects to improve the public realm, like in McCurtain Street and soon the Grand Parade. So it's a pity that people do feel that. And if they're saying that, we have to respond to it. And the way to respond to it is to have more gardens out on the beach. I don't think there's a town or village in Ireland where women certainly wouldn't feel a little bit uneasy walking alone. And while the gardens can't be following us around or can't be everywhere, I think it would send out a clear message for these people who want to ruin us for the law-abiding, tax-paying citizens that they have no place in our society. There are many wider issues as well, JP, you know, that we need to be looking at. Are we dealing with the people uh, who have addictions and who are dealing in our streets and maybe taking drugs in our streets? Are we dealing with them in an appropriate manner? Maybe it's time to have a much bigger conversation with everybody around the table. Yeah, and, and I mean, many will say the city is bustling and the nighttime economy does seem to be performing very strong within Cork City. But we have some people saying then, should a Lord Mayor come out and say this publicly, that it could hamper the nighttime economy? Well, uh, obviously, one wouldn't want to hamper any of the positivity that we have going in the city. But um, if we allow it to stagnate and continue, where will we end up? And obviously, you know, it's very important to keep the city centre vibrant and alive. I did a video last weekend encouraging people to come into the city. That is not the issue. The issue is that if there are people indulging in illegal activity on our streets, we need them taken off ASAP and we need them dealt with. And to do that, we need more guardy on the street, which will keep everybody feeling safe. Well, we'll wait and see what happens with the garden numbers here in the Cork area. But for the moment, Deirdre, I know you are rushing to a meeting. So for the moment, we thank you for joining us this morning on the programme. No problem. My pleasure. Bye bye.
That is the Lord Mayor there of Cork, Councillor Deirdre Ford. Your viewers are welcome. Do you agree with her that even though we have a bustling city and we don't want to hamper the nighttime economy of the, the Cork City, uh, but still there is a number of areas that a lot of people openly would say they are not and don't feel safe walking down at certain times of the day or indeed certain times of the night. Your views are welcome on 0818 103 103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. A lot of calls and comments in regarding that. We'll get to those shortly. But next, further protests are being planned and this is over a large proportion of land which has been sold to a British investment fund. And I suppose the fear is that as this deal seems to have gone through, uh, could a further or a future deal happen again? We'll discuss that next. Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 0818-103-103. The Rural Ireland organisation with its partners in the Save Our Forest and Save Our Land coalition will hold its second protest on the Quilted deal with British investment fund Gresham House. And joining me to discuss is Jerry Loftus of the Rural Ireland organisation. Good morning to you, Jerry. Good morning, John Paul. Good morning to your listeners. Let's just restart, first of all, by reminding people about this deal. It's a €200 Euro million deal. And why so many are against this? Yeah, well, this is about um, the selling off. There's different figures, you know, banished about, John Paul, but we think that it's about the selling off of uh, about 12,000 hectares of Irish forestry and it's about the selling of about 100,000 hectares of land to be planted to a British vulture fund. Um, but it doesn't matter whether it's British or not really to a point, but we did spend 800,000 years trying to get them out of the country and now we want to sell the land back to them. But besides that, it is unacceptable that Irish land should be, you know, sold for this purpose to anybody, any investment firm anywhere around the world because, look at the target between now and 2050 uh, with the latest report that came out there last week from the Atlantic Techn- Technical University in Galway suggesting the planting of 875,000 hectares between now and 2050. Well, that is about roughly 2.2 million acres, a stock reduction of 30%, and um, 90% of the reclaimed land, the green land that was bought at one stage, now green land, to be re-wet. But if you look at the 2.2 million acres, for example, from there, a lot of that would happen from Donegal to Kerry, out into Longford, West Mead, West Park, all that area, and polar land around the country. Look, it is just going to leave rural Ireland in gone, really, because when you talk of planting forestry on a scale like that, you're talking about what they have in past the Leitrim now, where they have parishes completely gone, Churches closed, schools closed, and livestock marts on the brink of closing, and the will closed, hardware stores, <clears throat> you know, all the things that is associated with rural Ireland. When you carry out a moral cleansing of people, a moral cleansing of small farms, a moral cleansing of animals to make room for this stuff, um, you have devastation. It, it uh, causes a knock-on effect to other yeah. parts of society. Uh, but on this deal, I mean, it's been widely reported, uh, Jerry, that the deal cannot be reversed at this stage. Or do you believe maybe it can? Or do you just want to make sure this never happens again? Well, we need to, to ensure, try and ensure both. We do not buy into 
government propaganda that this is a done deal. We as far as we are concerned in the rural island organization, in the Save Our Forest, Save Our Land Coalition, we will never ever accept this to be a done deal. We will never ever accept a forestry regime in Ireland unless it is community-led, led by farmers, for the benefit of communities, uh, and all of that type of thing, because this, I believe and we believe, has done untold damage in the agricultural sector as regards um, what farmers were willing to do, they were willing and starting to buy into what we have to do. We have a climate emergency, we have a biodiversity emergency. It was all new to farmers this last two years because we kept it quiet. Our governments, our farming organisations, didn't mention it this past 20 years while other countries were moving on. And the reason they didn't mention it was quite simply the effect it would have on profits of the corporation, because that is where it was going to hit. But when, you know, push came to shove and the squeeze really came on this last two years, you've heard, you know, and nearly every day now, there's discussions and mention of climate change, biodiversity, etc., etc. But, you know, farmers were, were on, on the right road. But now when they see this type of stuff, you know, where you have 800,000 hectares of a biodiversity dead zone, which you think is those plantations right across this country, where nothing but nothing lives, and the massive polluting of water, the massive polluting of soil, the, the massive decline in fish stocks, uh, all of this type of stuff, and here they want to turn and continue on to do more of that, while at the same time they want farmers to destock animals, get rid of their cows, re-wet land, push them off the land, get them to plant forestry, because that's what they're doing, making small farming unviable. And the whole of Ireland needs to know one thing here. Urban and rural Ireland needs to come together on all of this, because the reality is we import... 9 billion euros worth of food every year. We have vast amount of beef, uh, meat products, if you like, and dairy products. 90% approximately is exported. But we have absolutely nothing else. We import about 500 million, 550 million tons of grain. We have all cereals, 373,000 tons of potatoes last year. 40,000 tons of all types of vegetables. And, And like People, they just reflect back a few years to, I think it was 2018, when we had the beef from the east for a few days. You know, the shelves were empty because the lorries and vans, etc., would travel from the port to distribute the food. What happens is that if we get that for six or seven weeks, what happens? People in Ireland are asleep on this, John Paul. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind. And if you look at the effects of climate change across Europe, for example, where we import a lot of our food from, Last year, there was huge problems with drought, huge crop failures, and we're dependent on these places to feed the people of Ireland like that, dependent on a boat, while at the same time, we're going to plant in land that should be used to grow food for a vulture food beyond an England. Yeah, true. And, and as you mentioned, farmers there and those examples, Jerry, uh, one of our local Fianna Fáil Cork County councillors, Deirdre O'Brien, last week at a meeting, she described this plan as anti-farmer and anti-community. And rather than a deal like this, that farmers should be incentivized, as you kind of touched on there, to plant a portion on their land of native trees. And that should be the way it should look and go rather than what they are doing. Exactly. And we would be 
we're working on on a forestry policy, our own the rural island organisation forestry policy, which will be centred around a community farmer led forestry. How we do it, and how we put it in place, how we play our part in climate change. And there's a simple figure there from Andrew St. Ledger of the Irish Woodland League that if every farmer in the country planted 4% of the land, it would amount to 5% of an increase in afforestation in this country. We're at 11, 11 and 5 and 16, and we have to get to 17 or 18. So that example alone, now that would need to be tweaked because you can't expect a man with 30 acres of land to go plant a 4% of the land at the same time when a man has 200 acres and he does the same. So that would have to be scaled. But that is something like so, is the way forward here. And we we firmly believe, and we will not accept anything other than, just for example, John Paul, you plant say, three, acres, three acres of your land that you plant. All right, I'm putting this in broadleaf trees for the public good, for climate change, for the state. They want to plant you, pay you for 20 years, 15 years. That is not acceptable because your trees are going to be there forevermore. They're going to be there for your life and whoever comes after you. You would be maintaining that three acres if a tree dies of a disease or falls over, you replace it. You maintain that three acres, but you should be paid for them trees while they're there. And that is the way forward on this. Instead of giving money to vulture funds and financial institutions, the money must go back as the income stream into communities, keep rural island alive, keep communities alive, while at the same time we play our part in climate change. At the same time, we need a whole new agricultural system where we become food secure. Um, And, you know, the food we import is chemically treated, genetically modified. We need chemical-free food. We need chemical-free grain. We need community-led schemes and approach to the whole lot of this. And the whole of Ireland needs to get behind that because the food people are consuming. Why have we cancer in every second house? Why have we so many new diseases? Why have we a health system with a million people on waiting lists because of all of this? And a lot of this relates back to chemically treated food and chemically treated water. And it's time and past time that the people of Ireland stood up to this, demanded proper food and a proper environment to live in rather than live in in with polluted water, polluted soil, polluted air, when we could do things so, so much different. And if we don't do that, well, then we have problems and serious problems as what the next generation and where they're going to be because they'll not be in Ireland. Okay, and as you know, all those issues you've outlined there, Jerry. you know, they do, uh, some of them, as you mentioned, the uh, afforestation, it is part of our climate action targets. But again, if we kept it more local and had our farmers setting those trees rather than what they're doing, it would be better for this country. Okay, just the details of your protest, Jerry, and when it's going ahead. Yeah, the protest, the next protest, well, there'll be several and many protests also going mm-hmm. forward. But um, the first protest ever in the history of the state will take place. Uh, outside the Keelshire offices in Newtown Mount Kennedy in Wicklow this coming Friday the 24th and start at around 2pm and look at we're asking and calling on everybody to make an effort uh, you know to get there one point I just want to make to the people that may not be aware and who bought sites around the countryside and built houses there is no plan of permission for forest in this country forestry can't be planted right around these people's houses within 50 metres of their door. 
And people need to realise that people have big mortgages and, you know, build nice homes. And one-off houses in particular, Many yeah. of them will find themselves if this is not stopped in that situation. Okay, Jerry. well, best of luck with the protest. It's something we will revisit and speak to you again, I'm sure, over the next coming weeks because it is an issue many farmers uh, have are worried about, first of all, also those who want to purchase land because, of course, it is and will in the future push up land prices for the moment, though I have to leave it there. But thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you very much, John Paul. Thank you. That is Jerry Loftus there of the Rural Ireland Organisation. Let's cork today until one. JP in for Patricia, who's a bit unwell today, so we're with you until one. Bernie, taking your comments on 0818103103, or indeed you can text and WhatsApp to 0862103103. Ahead, we'll be hearing from that community in Castle Marsher who were finding it tough to recruit a school traffic warden due to the abuse they get from passing motorists and also our insurance segment. Paul Kavanagh will be joining us from McCarthy Insurance Group. That and more to come before midday. And of course, Annalisa is along from 12.30. If you have a question, a nutritional question for Annalisa, get that into us and we'll be asking her your questions after 12.30. And just after midday, we're crossing live to London uh, to find out how the night went after BAFTA. It's a good night for the Irish and our man Crossy while he was there on the red carpet and attended the BAFTAs last night. We'll speak with Crossy live from from London just after midday. Uh, but first on, a lot of comments into us uh, regarding our chat with the Lord Mayor of Cork, Councillor Deirdre Ford, and what she has said regarding, uh, first of all, a call for more Gardaí to be made available to towns and cities, uh, but also that she would not feel safe walking down certain streets at certain times of the day or indeed at night. Well, one listener says, uh, regarding Gardaí, plain and simple, give them guns. Ireland would be a safer place to live in then. The North Cork town where I live is frightening JP no one is afraid of the guards anymore when I was younger the mention of Gardaí would put the fear of God into you but the last 20 years or so uh, the guards have seemed to have no power give them guns or bring uh, back more punishments that the guards can actually carry out this will sort everything uh, says a North Cork listener while Bill is in Clonakilty Bill says that there will be no new people willing to join the Gardaí until they get some of their powers back. There is no respect given to the Garda Shikona. They are ending up in court and under investigation themselves for small things, says Bill. That's a very good point, Bill. And if you speak to any Garda, they will say that, you know, they try and do their best, but if they if they go, I suppose, heavy-handed, it's they're the ones that are investigated and not the person carrying out the crime. And then they get to court and a lot of the time it can end up either the they're dis- the crime, the criminal that is, is discharged from court and given a lenient sentence. Uh, while that would have taken a lot for the Gardaí themselves to get that person to court when they're left out of court again and back in the streets. A lot of the time, those people do re-offend. Uh, so, yeah, it's um, it's a real bad circle, isn't it, Bill? In Clonakilty, thank you for your call to 0818 103 103. And here's a WhatsApp uh, from someone who last Thursday uh, went along to Ballincollig Garda Station and according to the internet opening hours there are from 10am to 1pm so when this person went in and noticed up on the door saying opening at 2 o'clock when they arrived at 2.15 a queue outside the door and by 3 o'clock the Garda Station in Ballincollig had not opened so those in the queue they rang the Garda Station 
and they rang and no one answered the phones and again people were queuing up and asking what is happening here and what happened was the majority ended up leaving that queue and went over to Toker Garda station now talking to the queue and when, when this person was in the queue uh, she was told this wasn't the first time it had happened now this is a new building in Ballincollig uh, but obviously it's not been manned uh, that's the situation from Ballincollig regarding the Gardaí and then John in the city feels that the Lord Mayor what she said uh, at the weekends he feels it was a hysterical outburst and it will put people off coming to Cork while a text that came in just after our interview uh, with uh, Councillor Deirdre Ford but uh, while we need to look at change for the Gardaí we also need uh, to look at injection centres and what is her opinion on that well she did touch there on we need to deal with those who have addictions in the right way and maybe when it comes to injection centres that is something they are looking at and I know over the years Deirdre and other city councillors were looking into this and at various points there was various areas of the city centre identified for injection centres officially still one has not been opened I know there was talks of one uh, in the area of Wellington Road but nothing uh, officially yet there but we'll wait and see what comes out of that story because I'm sure more will uh, happen following Deirdre's call for more policing in the Cork area and then something we mentioned at the start of the show and this is how AIB are going to be hauled in front of the Oroctus Finance Committee. This is over a settlement they made with the former GEA star DJ Carey, uh, which saw more than 99% of his multi-million euro debt written off. And DJ Carey would have gone along to an insolvency practitioner that would have met, I'm sure, with the bank and uh, would have worked out a settlement. But uh, Miriam is in Bandon and Miriam on that story says she is furious. Her daughter nearly lost her house a few years ago. And after the downturn, Miriam had to help her out. The hard-working people of Ireland are being screwed by the banks all the time, uh, says Miriam, and is not happy with that story that is coming out regarding uh, the grilling that AIB will face now following uh, that debt reduced in that story. And somebody else has texted in regarding the air ambulance. And uh, just to clarify this, because I think that they might have picked it up wrong, we did discuss this a number of weeks ago in the show. You're free to listen back on c103.ie or indeed on the C103 app. We spoke uh, with Michal Sheridan from the Irish Air Ambulance, now have changed the name to Critical. And we also spoke with Deputy Michael Moynihan on this. Uh, but what's happening is the Irish Community Air Ambulance, that is going to continue until February 28th. And what will happen then is they're going to leave their helicopter emergency medical service and they're going to change their name to Critical and they will continue to operate from the Rathcool base until new accommodation is found. So that's Critical, the new name for the community air ambulance. As I just said, they're leaving the air ambulance side of things. Uh, the National Ambulance Service, who have signed contracts with Gulf Med Aviation, they now take over the running of the ambulance. Two new helicopters are going to be added uh, to the air ambulance feet fleet and they will be based in Rathcool and we did ask uh, Deputy Moynihan to, to clarify if the Rathcool will be you know the base going forward and he uh, says it will be and Rathcool is the base for the new service the National Ambulance Service so uh, while the community air ambulance will leave Rathcool they'll, be, they'll operate there until February 28th uh, that air ambulance community side of things that's now known as 
critical and critical will leave uh, Rathcool and will find a new accommodation they'll obviously stay there until they get new accommodation but what will be based in Rathcool is the National Ambulance Service who take over uh, if that makes sense the running of the Air Ambulance so hopefully that makes sense there for the person on, on text who was asking about that and then Board Falta have an advert running and Jur in Middleton uh, is questioning it because he says the Board Falta uh, which are going to spend over 80 million euros in advertising Ireland as a great place to visit and they mentioned that it's a great place with clean water and all of that but there is nothing but litter and half our waterways are polluted uh, but the councils are relying on volunteers to clean up the litter when I meet visitors uh, they are shocked when they see the litter uh, and I presume you're, you're in Middleton a, a tourist area there some beautiful spots nearby and is it that when visitors come along to the East Cork area you are um, meeting them and they're shocked at the amount of litter they see on the roadways uh, there's some great work being done as you mentioned there by volunteers not only Toddy Towns but in where you are uh, during East Cork a lot of groups cleaning up the beaches there as they are right across our coastal communities and Toddy Towns all over uh, but I can see your point of view with big ads or big money being spent on advertising for Ireland uh, and while we have issues with litter and we have issues with our water supplies not being 100% clean uh, we then have the volunteers of this country making Ireland what it is while big money is being spent claiming the, the country is great I suppose when a lot of questions have to be answered on what is going on regarding litter and indeed pollution uh, Ger, thank you for your call to 0818 103 103 I, Bernie taking those comments right across the show you can text or indeed WhatsApp to 0862 103 103 C103's Summer Getaway Last week we gave away a holiday to Salu. Now we could be sending you and a friend to Lanzarote enjoying seven nights in the Vic San Antonio from the 4th of June. You've got to listen out for c 103 Sunshine Song of the Day. And today it's this one from Bill Withers. When you hear it, text or WhatsApp for your chance to win. And you could be heading along to Lanzarote all this week with c 103 Summer Getaway. I'll play that song between now and one. C103 Jobs. Kerry Group are offering 50 job opportunities in the Charnival area. Training will be provided along with competitive rates of pay and benefits with an attractive ship pattern. If you want more information on those jobs in Charnival, you can visit their website jobs.kerry.com. And O'Keefe's Super Value in Mill Street, they have vacancies for full and part-time baker and confectionery staff, along with full-time and part-time meat counter staff. All the candidates who should have experience, but they will give training and that will be provided within the store. You can email them for further details. Email your CV to 392-millstreet-store at supervalue.ie. And a first-year electrical apprentice and a building general operative wanted for the Cork area you can email property sce at gmail.com you'll find these jobs and more online now just go to c103.ie forward slash job you're listening to Cork Today on replay phone and text lines are currently closed Cork Today on C103 text or whatsapp Patricia with your comment 086 2103 103 
The residents of Castle Marshall are hoping it'll be third time lucky in their search for a lollipop lady and to explain why it's problematic for them to get a replacement. I'm joined by Dave Scully, who is chair of the Castle Marshall National School Parents Association. A very good morning to you, Dave. Morning, John Paul. How and are you? thanks for joining us this morning. So, uh, traffic wardens are tough to get, I presume, because a lot of abuse will be given to them. But just go back to the last lollipop lady that retired. Uh, you're having problems now recruiting somebody new to take over that role. We are indeed. We are indeed. There's probably um, three parts to the story, I suppose, John Paul. It's like where we are, first of all, in Castle Martyr. We're on the N25, which is a very busy uh, road going from Cork to Rosslayer. We're about 100 metres up from um, a junction serving Garyvaux Mogili. Um, and if you go through East Cork, you will know Castle Martyr is a bottleneck at those traffic lights. So there is about 245 kids going to school here, ages from 5 to 12. And in the mornings, coming from the all direction, it is extremely busy. And from 3 to 6 p.m., coming from the Cork Middleton direction, it's extremely busy. So... We've had a ward in Casamarto for over 30 years. They've been Karen and Rose. They were great parts of the school community as a whole. And um, when uh, the last person left the position, they were citing, you know, that they were getting abuse, that it was a dangerous position. Um, and that was one of the big problems that we have at that particular area. And the abuse she was getting, I presume, from drivers who were stopped while the children were crossing the road. Is, is that the main abuse she was getting, stopping traffic? Yes, stopping traffic. Um, I mean, it, it is very busy there in the morning. Um, when you're coming from the all direction, you're kind of going down um, a little dip. So there's lights warning that the school is, is, is close, but they're further back. And what you can see is the traffic lights ahead. When they turn green, you want to go. And just before that, you have the, the, the warden is right there. So they were getting, you know, shouting people in a rush to work. We all do it. We all are in a rush someplace at some time. But that's the nature of the abuse that they got. And again, it's a very busy road because, you know, even there's large vehicles there. I think the Transport Infrastructure Ireland, they've stacked up that, you know, um, 20% of the traffic going through that junction is, uh, they're bigger than cars. So yeah. it's not just a, a, the abuse, it's also, you know, cars going quick, accelerating away from the area. And over the last 15 to 20 years, a lot of people that could not afford homes in the city have moved to the likes of Killa, Castle Martyr, Yod, Middleton. They're driving through each day uh, via Castle Martyr also. So with additional traffic there, as you mentioned, people are rushing to work and commuting because they're still working within the city. There's just an added pressure on people, first of all, but also then on the community of Castle Martyr. And I know there's talks of a bypass and that will hopefully in the future happen and, and bring some calming to the area. But for the meantime, uh, Cork County Council, they are trying to recruit a school warden. Uh, any success in the last number of months? Um, the short answer is no. Um, we were informed back in November that the, uh, the warden would be leaving. And at that stage, we were told that um, it would take three months um, to hire. And there was also a comment that it might be discontinued at this position. So very vague. And obviously, people are very worried about that. So the position itself was advertised. And there's a number of different steps like guard visiting and all that type of thing that has to happen naturally. And but come and December, we we discovered that the people who did go to interview did not take up the position, and this is um, where we now stand. So we don't have anyone. Uh, we haven't had any official word that the position is filled or is going to be filled. And um, so 
we're now since November heading into March shortly. And do you feel that due to them hearing of the abuse levels that the last person was receiving or that they could possibly receive because of of the traffic? Well, uh, I think the abuse is one part of it. Mm. I mean, we can, we can all deal with that in our own way. People are angry. You can make exceptions. I think it's the safety of the position. Um, the footpaths there are quite narrow. They're really old footpaths. You know, kids have to walk down there at the moment. They're very narrow footpaths. Cars are accelerating away. We all do it when we see the green lights. We want to get on with our business. And the speed limit is 50 kilometres an hour there at the moment. So the abuse is one part. The safety is of primary concern. And that's what we need to look at in the short to medium term. The bypass will be there in a few years. But unfortunately, kids who aren't in the school yet will have come and gone by that stage. Yeah, that will take a while to construct. And even though when they start building, you know, they, they, they are fast in fairness when you look at the McCroom bypass, but it will still take two to three or four years for it to be completed. So, yeah, you're right. It won't be done overnight. And what's happening so at the moment uh, regarding the students who were in the school? How are they getting across the road? So I suppose it's pretty much, there is traffic lights there. Mm. So, um, but the footpaths are very narrow. And you don't have to be standing down there long to see someone taking a chance and going, through the red light, just as a turn red. So we're using the traffic lights and we're crossing at different areas in the road, depending on where you're coming from. And parking is also a big issue around the area. And there's a lot of local estates and people are, need to get in and park up and get the kids out. So kids are walking to school from different directions, primarily trying to use the traffic lights. But it is an accident waiting to happen. So parents who collect their children are also with them, I presume, and maybe teachers getting involved because, as you say, most risk if they're rushing and if they see red lights, some, when you see it yourself, some do go through red lights uh, and that's where an accident can happen because that junction going from in the middle of Castle Marsh, I mean, even summer months, it's busy with people going to Gary Vaux. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, this is not just a thing at school time. Um, if, if kids are going down to the local GAPH or going into the village, you were on a very narrow footpath. You're going through a very dangerous junction. Um, and as you mentioned, cars are coming up there. They need to get on with their business. You know, there's they only have a set opportunity to go before the lights turn red again. And it does lead to frustration on all levels. So the next step here from yourselves, you've set up an online petition. Has that gone up at the moment? And, and what's the feedback uh, from the local area to this petition to see if you can get someone? Yeah, so we've had over a thousand signatures on the petition. And I suppose the fact that there is no warden is that is the headline grabber. But what we're looking at here is something in the short to medium term. So we've a thousand petitions. We've sent it to local councillors and TDs and they've been pushing our agenda for us. And what we need is someone in the council to be accountable for it. It's very difficult to figure out what's happening, who do you go to, you have the county council, you have the recruitment department in the county council. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. 
Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You transport infrastructure Ireland. There are a number of different people there and it gets quite difficult to keep on top of all the different parties involved. Um, if you go to just down the road in Killa, um, they have lights directly at the crossing point and they have a temporary reduction of the speed limit to 30 kilometres an hour at key times. So it's not, it's not something major we're looking for. It's something that would help calm the traffic. We're not going to solve the volume in a few days. It has to be something in there that can be put into the short to medium term and we need to work with the councils or Transport Infrastructure Ireland on this as soon as possible. And could that be an option for Castle Marsh or when you mentioned the 30k I mean many towns are, and I think villages as well are due to be going down to 30k in the centre of the town or village uh, that could certainly be an option but traffic lights outside the school I presume too near the existing traffic lights Yes it would probably be um, like like a zebra crossing Yeah, yeah more so than lights Something like that an island in the middle of the road something like that you know there's so many different options um, I went through a Cormac recently and they have all islands in the middle of the road, so it's it's safer, it calms the traffic. If it can happen there, why not here? I'm sure there's other schools that are on national roads. What do they have in place? Can we learn from them? But again, it's trying to get someone to interact with us and put a plan in place and actually action on it. And you're going to need that because, as I mentioned, more people are moving to areas like East Cork, like Castle Marsher. I'm sure, Dave, within the school, you've seen a population growth and that will only go up. Yeah, absolutely. Why wouldn't they? It's beautiful down here in Castmartyr and East Cork. There's a fantastic community around here in the areas. Um, you're quite close to the beach. You're quite close to the city. So um, things are getting bigger here. There's people moving to the area. Um, but again, the volume is something that we, we can't address when we're looking at our problem. We have to look at the safety there. Yeah, and that is the big issue, the safety of those students who are crossing back and forth to the school. We'll wait and see what happens. Hopefully somebody will take up that role sooner or rather than later. For the moment, Dave, thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, John Paul. Thank you. That is Dave Scully there. Uh, he is a chair of the Castle Marsh National School Parents Association. Awful to think as well that you know, somebody doing a job like that, uh, bringing young children from uh, primary school across the road, uh, they're being abused because the traffic lights that are further up the street may be green and the driver can't go. Uh, but that is the way people, I suppose, pressure on people these days. So if you're commuting in and out of the city and you see the clock ticking and the traffic then is heavy, uh, but it's no excuse at the same time. Anyhow, your view you're welcome. 0818 103 103. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. This is Cork Today on C103. 
Email Patricia now with your story or comment. Cork today at c103.ie. And on Castle Marcher, a lot of people saying yes, it should be bypassed. It's now a bottleneck. Well, a bypass is proposed and is due to take place. But when that will be done and when that will, works will start on that, still the, the situation outside the school will continue. And another person here is saying ramps, if they had ramps outside the school, that would slow down the drivers and then they could not be abusing someone when they have to slow down due to those ramps. And I suppose, you know, that was outlined by Dave Scully, whereby calming measures for traffic could be put outside the school. Somebody else making a suggestion that maybe put a guarder there. People might not be as quick to abuse them. And I'm sure that has been thought about. But when you can't get Gardaí and Cork anyhow itself is finding problems in getting Gardaí sent from Temple Moor to city areas. And I mind Castle Marsher, I'm sure while they would love that, the resources aren't there, but they are good suggestions. Thank you for those two texts or WhatsApp 0862103103. Let's turn our attention to insurance. And Paul Kavna from McCarthy Insurance Group joins me for our insurance segment this month. Good morning to you, Paul. Uh, good morning, John Paul. And a story that's uh, breaking earlier on this morning and something you want to discuss, and this is the number of uninsured cars on Irish roads. And in quite worrying news, Paul, it's grown for the third year in a row. And while some people might think, oh, so what? It's one of the reasons why all our insurance premiums are increasing. Uh, that is that is true, John Paul. This is an effect on every single person that ha- that owns a motor vehicle. Uh, on average, between 30 and 35 euros is collected for the Motor Insurance Bureau of Ireland, which is the MIBI, which is a non-profit-making organisation uh, that are levied by the levied into the insurance companies based on your premiums, and uh, it's to cover uninsured driving, untraceable drivers, and the like. And um, it's very, very worrying. Uh, and actually, the figure of 187,000 uh, in their um, figures, which they've been done statistically now based on uh, information that they have from the insurance companies, obviously, and from the, the uh, Department of Transport. That is their estimation on that, but it's probably far higher than that because um, from the 1st of March coming up now, and this has been going on with 10 years, so there's no excuse for this, from the 1st of March, every fleet in the country and motor trade has to have registered vehicles. They have to have them noted uh, uh, for their premises uh, at, at a particular point in time. And there, there is, uh, quite honestly, I think this is, they can't say that this hasn't crept up in them. This has been going on for 10 years and, and, and it's very lax and has not been policed. But when, once the Gardaí get all this information, they'll have a hell of a more uh, uh, people to stop, number one. And number two, uh, they'll be that figure of 187 is going to keep rising. Yeah, and the worry then for a lot of our callers and uh, people on text and WhatsApp, uh, Paul, who and I mentioned this this morning, is if you were on the road, unfortunately, if you do have a collision and the car that hits you is a driver who has no insurance, a lot of the time you could end up picking up the bill if you want your car to be you know, repaired uh, in, in a faster way than you would like. Otherwise, your insurance company have to go off and deal really with the MIBI to sort this. Well, really, I suppose that's the beauty of having comprehensive insurance, mm-hmm. uh, that you can at least get your car back on the road fairly immediately repaired. You're not waiting on legislation. You're not waiting on the law. You're not waiting for people to go to court. And that's a, that, that's, you know, that, that's a civil case. 
uh, rather than a criminal case. The criminal case will be taken by the Gardaí on the uninsured driver, but it's the civil case is the recouping of, of your money uh, that is paid out. So what happens there, if you have comprehensive insurance, is that you claim off your own policy and your insurance company then uh, look after the claim on behalf of the MIBI and recoup your money and then your no claims bonus w- will be reinstated. But that process can take time as well. And sometimes it's, it's it's very, very difficult. And actually, there was a court case last week thrown out where the guy maintained he couldn't, he, he couldn't, he didn't get a ridge number and he didn't know who was driving and only that his car was hit. <laughs> he couldn't prove it. Oh, so without the reg number, there's no way of, of, of course, proving number, or know, no CCTV or... A, a bit of advice, John Paul, for all the listeners is if you're involved in an accident, take photographs, look around, look for CCTV, don't, you can, you're allowed to take the photographs, get the reg number, you know what I mean? Make sure you have everything. Because on top of all this as well, remember, we've been something like 300,000 learner drivers out there who, and some of them could be driving on their own, and they will fall into this category as well. So they'll be added to this figure. So this figure is well over a half a million if you put, if you put all the figures together. And that's the frightening thing about it, and it's, 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 it's gone out of control. And I know we were discussing Castle Martyr there a minute ago. It's the same thing. We, have, we need to get Garda on the beat. We need to get Garda out. When, when have you last seen Garda out stopping vehicles? Yeah, that's a very good point. It is a very good point, yeah. There seems to be a, a, a change by Commissioner Harris on the type of policing that this country, and I heard something on national radio recently about it, that his style of policing is different to the last commissioner. Well, I can tell you from a person on the street and listening to the Lord Mayor earlier as well, uh, the Lord Mayor of Cork, when, when she was describing her anxiety about walking on the streets of Cork, where are the Gardaí? Yeah, and a lot of Gardaí we would speak to would say they're inside doing paperwork. They tend to be bogged down more by paperwork than actually being out on the beach. Or, I mean, openly, if you're coming to, if I was coming to our studio in Mallow, for example, on a bank holiday Monday, you can guarantee to be stopped in Blackpool or stopped at the Drumahan Junction uh, from a, on a bank holiday Monday check. And likewise, if you were going to our studio in Bandon, you'd be stopped at, at, at the Viaduct or stopped on the way into Bandon Town, whereas you don't see a lot of that over the last two or three years. No, not at all. I haven't been stopped in years. Yeah, and there is a yeah. I and, haven't seen, know, there's a I huge haven't problem seen there. Either. So what's going on? Yeah, and again, you know, they'll say it's the lack of guardie, and many will say they've sent too many guardie to Dublin. But I think overall, there is some type of problem within the force also that needs to be looked at. If you speak openly to guardie, they say we would love to be out on the beat, but they'd rather us inside doing paperwork than outside. Yeah, there is a big problem there. And while there, I know there's a recruitment problem, but uh, there is an issue within the force as well that maybe is leading to a recruitment issue. Anyhow, that is a topic we'll go to for another day, Paul. But okay. something, uh, something we want to discuss we did mention this at the start of the show you want to highlight uh, the NCT issue that continues for many while they wait for an NCT and we had this as well about a month ago people worried about their insurance if it's valid or not now this may differ from insurer to insurer but what have you found out? Well in the main in absolutely in the main if you book your test okay so that's the first thing book your test get a copy of the booking and put it up on the dash your insurance company then will cover you in the main, okay? And if you're in any doubt, ring your insurance company. But over the last month, it's been evolving. And I think at this stage, nearly every insurance company is accepting that there's a huge NCT problem. And a car- but you must make the effort. And I spoke to a guy 
over the weekend who said, sure, ah, sure, I leave it go. I said, do not let it go because you will be uninsured. Your company will not insure you unless you've made an effort to make the booking and you're, that you're able to pr- show that you did make the booking and prove it. So make the booking and the other bit of advice out there is to actually ring them. If, if you're in a situation, uh, and not everybody is, I understand, but if you're in a situation where you have time on your hands and you could go uh, for a booking, uh, if you were called today as an example, if you were called this evening or called for the morning, then there are places available because there are something like uh, 3,500 cancellations a week. Yeah, and if you ring, and a lot of our listeners have pointed that out, if you do ring, they will say, okay, we don't have anything today, but we might have something on Friday, and they'll either yeah. ring you back with a time or tell you there, and then there is a cancellation for Friday at whatever time, so you, you can get one faster that way if you don't want to wait. What happens though, Paul, if you have no booking made, and your NCT, for example, is about six months away, and the vehicle you're driving, it has one light that's brighter than the other, that's blinding motorists every day, or there's something wrong with the tyres, what happens in that situation? Well, irrespective uh, of the comp- of the NCT, irrespective of that, it is a condition of your insurance policy, which is actually is a legal contract, that you keep your vehicle in a roadworthy condition at all times. So having defective lights, having bald tires, having defective steering, handbrake, brakes themselves, that's no excuse. The insurance companies will not accept it. The guardie will not accept it. The NCT is only a test at a point in time, i.e. every every second year or maybe every 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 year when, when your vehicle goes over 10 years old. So the NCT is only a test at, at a particular point in time. It is a condition of your road poli- of your insurance policy that you keep your vehicle in a roadworthy condition at all times. So there's no point in saying I'm waiting for the test or I'll I'll do the test and I'll see what happens. We there's a lot of sorry stories coming out of that and people when, when it comes out of the NCT with a sticker on it saying that your vehicle is not roadworthy. Well, if your vehicle isn't roadworthy, you're in a bind because you are now stuck. You can't drive that vehicle because you've no insurance and your breakdown cover won't operate because your vehicle is unroadworthy in the first place. You've broken the conditions of your contract. Okay, and then uh, just staying on car insurance, I have a question in here from a person who wants to know, can you insure a car privately while already being insured in a van commercially for work? Yes, you can. Absolutely. No problem. And most insurance companies now will take into consideration the fact that you have driving experience in the van. So that will be added on if you want to get some type of a bonus. be credited to you in the form of an introductory no claims bonus. Yeah, okay, that's good. Talk to your broker about that. Call into any of our offices. We're delighted to help you. Okay, and from car insurance, Paul, to home insurance and just some of the pitfalls that you can avoid on your home insurance when you are purchasing one. And something we get asked a lot, and I suppose it's the the difference between an e-bike and an e-scooter. E-bikes... Are they covered on your home insurance? And the difference then about an e-scooter, because a lot of the e-scooters then are not covered. Sorry, I would say to you, nearly all e-scooters are not covered. There is no mainstream insurance company covering an e-scooter currently as we speak. So you can take it if you see an e-scooter out, there isn't an ounce of insurance on it. And if that knocks down somebody, causes an accident, whatever, 
there's going to be serious trouble. And there's been a lot of cases before the courts and they can't, the people are being fined uh, for having uh, no insurance on these e-scooters. And anyway, there's a, there's, a law, there's a legislative problem, which I think the Green Party are trying to push through the doll, but it's been shelved on a number of issues and one is insurance. Who is going to, who is going to compensate somebody if they're knocked down by an e-scooter? And God forbid if somebody's killed and there has been people killed with them. So that's, e-scooters at the moment are a no-no. E-bikes are, 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 are a horse of a different colour, pardon the pun, but e-bikes, uh, uh, once they're pedal-assisted, uh, are in the main, are fine as private bikes. You see fellas flying around there uh, delivering stuff on them, uh, especially here in the city, uh, and uh, there's a serious question mark over them. But e-bikes in general, just check with your own insurance policy. A number of insurers do not cover them, but the vast majority do. So you need to check. You just can't take it for granted that an e-bike is covered. So that's uh, something to watch out for out there. Uh, other things that we're coming up against at the moment are, unfortunately, if people go to hospital and there's nobody minding the house, what's the situation there? Uh, or if, the, if, God forbid, if someone dies or if the premises becomes unoccupied. And then uh, on, the, on the right side of things, when you people, we hear about people going to Lanzarote and the Canary Islands for two and three months, is there insurance policy covering them? Because all insurance policies are not the same. And accordingly, you need to check to make sure and to advise your insurance company and find out what you need to do. Do you need to switch off the water? Do you need to switch off the electricity, etc.? Yeah, because otherwise if something did happen while you're away, you can come back and realise in some terms and conditions in the insurance policy that you might not have read, uh, it says you should have been there or should have electricity turned off. So maybe always ring the insurance company first, just to, if you're not going to read the manual or the, the piece of Correct. paper that comes with it, just give them a ring. Just just, just give a ring and find out. Be on, don't assume anything. That's my, my golden yeah. rule. When it comes to insurance, assume nothing. Talk to your broker, find out the information and just find out and be, be truthful and just say, look, I'm thinking about going away for two months. Is, will, my, when, will my house insurance be okay while I'm away? Well, we will then give you the advice based on that. It may be that you have to leave your heating switched on at uh, eight degrees or something like that in the event of a freeze. At this, uh, like, I mean, we're looking out today, thankfully, John Paul's sun is shining. It's absolutely beautiful with a fantastic weekend. However, we're now told we could have snow in two weeks' time. So you, you, we, we don't know really at the moment what we're facing. So uh, get a bit of advice on it. Don't leave your premises un, un, unoccupied without checking to see what the situation is. And if you have an alarm, switch it on and tell your neighbours where you're, you know, I'm going away for 10 days. If you see anybody unusual, the white van men arriving. Like, I mean, I'm not expecting anybody. So if you see a fellow with a ladder up to my windows, what's he doing? Yeah, just to keep an eye out in the neighbourhood. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You can't beat it. And very finally, uh, Paul, just in under two minutes, we have a, a number of people you mentioned there about assuming uh, this is regarding the value of your house and what you would call under insurance. Just to be careful because that does have an impact on your home if you make a claim. Absolutely. This is the scourge at the moment, under insurance. Uh, I was only showing it once again over the weekend to somebody. Uh, I'm, I'm on a register where I, I'm told about all the increases in plaster and blocks and glass and plastics and paints and everything like that. In the last 12 months, we've had 10 increases. So if you go to do a job today that you did 12 months ago, I can guarantee you the cost of that job could be double 
it could be double, right? And as a result of that, the, co- the cost of the, of the claims is getting higher and higher, and especially in a partial damage. If you have partial damage to your house, like a fire, you could have a fire in the utility. I think I've spoke to Patricia a number of times about this, about uh, uh, tumble dryers, uh, items uh, plugged in. Dishwashers uh, and the like, electric yeah. Bike recently plugged in, electric bike plugged in, and the electric thing went on fire. The bike went on fire, would you oh. believe? You know, in the utility. So then that there's partial damage, there's smoke damage all over the house. If the damage is 100,000 and you're half underinsured, you should be insured for, say, 300,000 and you've only insured for 150,000. Well, when you have a claim for 100,000, you'll only get 50. So just be careful. It does have an impact if you, if you are claiming. Very finally, Paul. Web, web, uh, website is scsi.ie. Great website. The Society of Chartered Surveyors of Ireland, which give you a guideline as to how to, how to measure, your, measure your house in square footage or square metres. Okay, scsi.ie is that site. And very, very finally, we spoke about e-bikes. Somebody here is asking, what about rickshaws and insurance? This person got a spin in one in Dublin recently and wondered if there were in an accident, are rickshaws uh, covered under any type of insurance? I'm not aware of any insurance. They were here in Cork City at one stage and they were taken away because they couldn't get insurance. The guardie checked into them. There was no insurance on them. I do not know what the situation is in Dublin, but I would, I would, I wouldn't get into one of them. Let's put it like that under the current circumstances, because there is no insurance. Okay, Paul. As always, a mind of information when it comes to the insurance land. And thanks for joining us this morning. We'll chat to you again next month. Thank you, John Paul. Take care. Thank you, Paul Kavner. There, joining us from McCarthy Insurance Group. C one o three summer getaway. And we're heading to Carrick Tool. Hello, Helen. Hi, how are things? I'm fine. How are you today? I'm marvellous altogether. Thank you. Well, Carrick Tool is a beautiful spot, but if we make you qualify, you could be leaving Carrick Tool, Helen, and heading to Lanzarote. Would you like that? I would love it. Absolutely. It would be fantastic. And if you were to go, who would be the person you would bring with you? I suppose my husband we're 10 years married this year so it's a big anniversary coming up and that actually happens to be our first dance song so oh was it the, the one I just played Bill Withers yeah 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 it was yeah lovely day oh excellent well that's a, a lucky song for you Helen it that's sure fantastic was. it sure was oh, yeah. and 10th anniversary well congratulations to you for your 10th anniversary this year I can hear a little person in the background who's that this is my one of my daughters, Elise. I just picked her up from preschool there. Elise. Well, we'll so, say hello to Elise. Yeah. Say hi, Elise. You might be getting a break from uh, <laughs> the children, maybe lucky, if, if you do qualify. Uh, but here we go. Here's the question uh, for you, Helen, today. Uh, so think about you're away now in the sunshine. And typically, what would you eat to cool down in the summer? Would it be A, an ice cream, or B, a burrito? Oh, definitely an ice cream. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Well done, you qualified. You could be heading off on June 4th. Keep that date free, enjoying seven nights in the Vic San Antonio uh, with thanks to us here at C103. We'll make that draw Friday afternoon, Helen. 
Fab. Thank you so much. Take care. Mind yourself there. Helen Herdman in Carrick Tool. It's Cork today until 1JP in for Patricia. And Bernie continues to take your comments across the show on phone 0818 103 103. You can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. And Annalisa Drizel will be joining us after 12.30. If you have nutritional questions for her, get those into us and we'll bring them to her. And she joins us after 12.30. Before all that, go. let's go live to London uh, because it was a big night last night for the Irish Irish actor Barry Keoghan along with his co-star Kerry Condon they became first timers after BAFTA Awards winning out of course for their involvement with the Banshees of Inan Sheeran uh, they won Best Supporting Actor and Best Supporting Actress respectively at the award show which was held yesterday evening the film itself won Outstanding British Film but one man that was there for us is our own Crossy who joins me from London this afternoon Hi Crossy what a 24 hours <laughs> wow what an experience do you know what it was mad because we were in the winner's enclosure afterwards waiting so we, when they collect the award they go underneath the stage and that's where we are and we have a chat with them and we spoke to Barry we spoke to Kerry but after a while it was kind of going oh here's another Irish win oh here's another Irish win so there's about 40 journalists <coughs> excuse me about 40 journalists and about two Irish people in the middle of it all and at one stage, I turned around to the girl and I was like, it's a bit awkward here now, isn't it? Every single award that's won now, we've won it. <laughs> and it was going so well. But look, it's great for Barry. It's great for Kerry. And uh, even a shout out to the Irish fella. I think his name is Jason Bandwidth. It's his name is. He won a BAFTA for, the Avatar, for Avatar, for the digital effects at Avatar. There's four guys that won that. So it was just fantastic to see. Um, he did, yeah. There's so much Irish involvement in the BAFTAs this year. And you mentioned there, of course, Barry and Kerry. It's that scene, really, from the Banshees where they're near the lake. That seems to be what is really doing it for them. It's a powerful performance by both. And I think the thing about it as well is that if you look at her performance in it, she's not talking much in it. It's just how she, you know, navigates when he's talking to her and how she's looking at him and looking away from him and looking away from him. It just shows how good she is and how brilliant of an act- actor she is with so little words in it. As she was a talk of the town yesterday. Everyone was talking about Kerry and they were talking about the Oscars. They were talking about the SAG Awards, which are happening next week. And what I heard as well was that these award ceremonies are like canvassing in elections because the Oscars haven't picked out who their winners are yet. They're still in the process of that. So the likes of the BAFTA, the likes of the SAG Awards, the likes of, you know, and the Emmys that were on, the people who are voting in the Oscars are watching everything and they're watching how these actors are conducting themselves, how that adds to the movie as well. And it was just really interesting to see how that, because on the, the red carpet yesterday was chaotic. They're given like a bit of a backstory. They're given about two hours, two and a half hours to get on, get their photographs, talk, chat to us and leave. And we were the, we, I think we were the sixth people in line, which is quite good. So before us was Entertainment Tonight, Sky News, This Morning, and I think RT, I think we're behind us. Anyway, we were, we were going, oh, we'll probably get someone. But all the celebrities arrived in the last half hour. So you had about 400 people trying to get a photograph when they probably should have been there two hours <laughs> beforehand. So it was chaos. Like, I mean, at one stage I was looking at Vogue Williams, Two people behind her was Brendan Fraser. A person behind her was uh, Anna Taylor-Joy. Behind her was Emma Thompson. Behind, And you're just kind of going, 
where would you get it? They're all standing like both school children waiting to get a photograph and not being able to talk to the media. But in a beautiful way at that, right? So we'd one big line, then there was the photographs, and then behind our line was the line out to, to leave to get into the, the BAFTA room itself. And there were print journalists. And down at the very end was TG Carr. And if you see any of their social media today, it is wonderful because they all got their photographs. It meant they could relax then because they were all pushing in to get these photographs. They couldn't talk to Entertainment Tonight. They couldn't talk to Sky. They couldn't talk to any of those massive ones. But because all their photographs were done and they were walking out, the beautiful people of TG Carr were just there and having the chats. And it was just it was so great to see. And so, so Irish, if you could, if you, if you could explain it like that. But yeah, yeah the and was chaotic. Speaking of Irish, no luck, though, for on Colleen Coon last night at the BAFTAs, but still, you know, great to be there and to be representative. Yeah, definitely. And I like they had a massive gang with them. Like there must have been, I'd say, 20 of them there. And uh, we had a chat with them as well, Colin Barade and... He was just like, this is great. You know, this is brilliant. This is putting the Irish language on the map. And this is, you know, the first time it's ever happened that it's been nominated. Oscale gets completely funded in Ireland because I know a lot of people are waking up this morning to Martin McDonough's comments about winning best British movie. And people are going, oh, they're claiming us again. And I always have to keep telling people that if you look at Colin Kuhn, completely funded by the likes of T.G. Cahar and all those, you know, consortium to make this an Irish and fully Irish movie. But... Film 4 funded most of uh, Banshees of Inishirin, which meant that it was a British film. Even though it was based in Ireland, even though it was in the west of Ireland, for everyone giving out about it, don't, because the movie wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Film 4. And that's the reason why it is best British film today. Yeah, that's a good explanation because a lot of people are wondering why oh, are, though, are those films in the, uh, in the BAFTAs? But it is, I mean, it's Film 4, which is an arm of Channel 4. And uh, not only yeah. have this film, have they got involved with so many others over the years, have either ITV production companies or indeed Channel 4 put the money together. Uh, and, and that is why then they qualify for the BAFTA. So it's not just, I suppose, you know, we still must remember Ireland is a small enough country uh, that the production teams here do need to team up with others. Yeah. Which it's quite common as well in Australia. You'll see that with New Zealand and Australian television companies teaming up. So it's nothing out of the ordinary. But just on Banshees, uh, Crossy, you spoke with Barry. And this is something we, we've heard all the various speeches across the news and across TV uh, last night and this morning. But you asked him on the famous Kellogg's Crunchy Nuts that came up uh, earlier, whereby <laughs> he ate some of Colin Farrell's. And was there any more on that? And this is what he said to you. But also he Shouted when he saw you first about Up the Flats, which has been picked up a lot today. This is just your, your short interaction with Barry after the BAFTAs last night. Up the Flats, Barry. Up the Flats, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Have you given Colin back the Kellogg's? Was... I haven't. Nah, I'm still looking to get like Kellogg's off, off Kellogg's. They said they're going to send some stuff, so get sending. Well, I'm sure Kellogg's will be happy with the advertising and I'm sure they will send them something. <laughs> but do you know Barry outside of, of a work environment? Yeah, yeah. I got to know Barry a couple of years ago and he's been in and out of our studios every once in a while. And now I have a couple of friends who actually know him as well. So we've kind of intertwined with that. And just to kind of set the scene on that, that when we were, you know, when you win something like as massive like that, I can only imagine it's like probably like jumping out of an airplane and you're there holding on to this like massive award. And then you're just thrown into photographs. Then you're thrown into a room where we were basically a little small room, about 40 people in it. And I could see he was just like, oh, 
oh my god what is going on what is happening here this is mad and i just went i just shouted in front of everyone i was like up the flats and he saw me and you could just see that connection of him going there's an irish person here we're grand we're grand and he was emotional i was emotional we were very much going this is brilliant and i was texting one of his agents and she was bawling her eyes crying she said watching us she's like this man has come from you know 20 years ago people would have wrote this man off and said you know what he had a horrible life growing up but he didn't he had a perfect life growing up you know he he's worked hard for who he is and what he is he's an absolute messer and a half he's a, a messer of messers but a lovely fella and he, i was asking him last night where was he going afterwards thinking because there were so many parties last night and he says we have booked into a lovely hotel and i'm going back we're getting room service and i'm gonna hug my kid brando and it's not oh. a beautiful way to to end the night it is indeed. And when you mentioned there, he, he did obviously recognise the award and dedicate it to all the children where he grew up, uh, that there, you know, there is a future, there is hope. If you learn, if you want to dream of something, it can yeah. be done. By the way, where did he grow up in, in Dublin? He grew up in, in multiple places, but Dublin 1, he, he was mostly Dublin 1, Dublin 2, inner city is where he was. And he, he actually said something very nice. They asked him where he put the BAFTA and he said over a picture of his mum. So I was like, isn't that just great that he's, you know, he still has that, you know, homebirdness. And, and the rumours last night were he's going to get that Oscar. Everyone was saying this is it. This is it for Barry. This is his This is his big chance. So I think all eyes were on Colin to win last night. And when Austin Butler won, I know in the room that I was in, there was a massive gasp where people are going, whoa, I didn't think, you know everyone liked that movie, but they thought that Colin would have won it artistically. And probably, you know, he's been around the block. Everyone knows who he is. And they were going, you know, they hit some of his movies the last while have been brilliant. But the fact that Austin won, again, does that throw a spanner in the works now for the Oscars? Are people are going to go, oh, it, it all depends next week on those SAG Awards. They're happening. And I know Colin's up against Austin again and Brendan Fraser. And even Brendan Fraser was there last night. And, you know, he's been disappeared for 20 years. And now he's back everywhere. And seeing him, he didn't talk to any of the media yesterday. But he did hold a sign. And as he, as he was walking down the red carpet, the sign says, will you please watch The Mummy 1999 version? A great movie. So you're kind of going, you know, he's a, he's a bit of crack in him. He's a bit of crack in him. That's true. And uh, also when we're, we're mentioning the, the various movies there that, that did win out last night. First of all, something that I see in the papers this morning, Crossy, you might not have seen it, but a lot of people, now you were there or maybe you did not get a chance to, to get the goss afterwards. No, And again, it could be just tabloid press. That Colin Farrell was a bit taken back that he got nothing last night. Is that just reporting or, no, or no, was he taken no, back? I said that was just reporting. Yeah. I said that was just reporting because we would have been able to see all that because so the cameras that you guys see are different to the ones that we see. So we see like the proper live feed. So just to give you an example, at six o'clock yesterday, the show started, but it started on TV at seven o'clock. And then by half eight, TV had caught up what we were watching. So we were watching added bits and all that. So they were chopping out bits that they didn't want to air on TV. And there was one part actually at the very start for uh, Kerry Condon when she won the Best Supporting Actress. Um, the actor who played in Coda, um, his name was Troy. He was he was doing sign language and announced that the winner was Kerry Condon. But his interpreter called out Carrie Mulligan. Now, that never aired on TV, but it, it aired where we were. We were watching the live feed of it. And then Carrie got up and she'd sit back down. And then Kerry walked in. Now, we were all told not to talk about it, but they'd forgot to tell the media 
tend not to talk about it. So we always a different area altogether. So they were putting it up. It's all over the Sun, the Guardian, the Times and all that over here today that there was a bit of a mess up. Look, it was a harmless mess up. Carrie was totally fine. Kerry won the award and everyone was happy. But uh, it's just mad when you see things like that. You know, I know at 25 past eight, Richard E. Grant came back on stage and he was like, OK, there's five minutes. And that means that the BBC are going live. They've caught up with us. And he was like, don't beep it up. Don't beep it up. Don't beep it up. <laughs> and you could hear the person in the room going 10, 9, 8. And he was going, don't beep it up. Don't beep it up. And I think they were kind of going, shut up. There's five seconds. Sick. We're going live. You can't do that to I think Prince William was in the crowd and Kate so they were like look there's royalty here you can't be master you can't be master but I think everyone loved him he came in in a Batmobile in Robert Pattinson's Batmobile and I hate to ruin it on everyone but I got to see it and to touch it it is CGI'd to an inch of its life while you're watching the Batman movie because it is literally just a normal car with a load of uh, metal kind of stuck onto it I, I stuck it up my own Instagram earlier on it is mad to see what you know what graphics can do to a car to make it look incredible <laughs> but yeah, yeah no, it's, it's a great night it's great seeing behind the scenes it's great seeing you know how things work and how things don't work and how things are utter chaos but yet when you're watching it on tv it's just relaxing and oh, yeah. like everything in media well it looks nice and here's <laughs> yeah. nice it's chaotic in the background <laughs> and yes. very, one final one i want to mention is for short film and this was an irish goodbye also picking up a bafta Fair play to them. I know some of them are from Cork because um, the lady that was beside me, from she was from Cork and she was thrilled. She went over and hugged them. Great bunch of lads. They were very, you know, happy about the win. They were chatty. And I think that makes so much when they come into, you know, the red carpet or into rooms like that and they're having a conversation with people and you can just see the utter kind of glee in their eyes that they won this. So fair play to them. It's fantastic. Absolutely brilliant for them. What a good win for the Irish at the BAFTAs and uh, as you say hopefully now we'll, uh, what's been won last night will be picked up and we'll see bigger wins in the next few months depending on what happens elsewhere in the world. Um, you mentioned there Crossy about a number of parties that happened last night. Did you go along to many of them? So I got home this morning at a quarter to three, I think it was. Oh, that's not bad. And I then had to, I then had to edit my clips, and then our breakfast show started at six, so I had to be in our studio <laughs> at half five. So I've kind of run off two hours sleep now at this stage. And we can do the maths, but um, no, look, it's great, it's great. Like where else would you, would you get a chicken dinner and like four tables away from me is Austin Butler having the same chicken dinner that you had? <laughs> Very <laughs> true. Here, the other one's not. It was worth getting <laughs> the two hours sleep. And where were the Baptists held last night? So this is the first time. This is the first time it was actually held in the BFI South Bank. So over by the London Eye. Usually it's in the Royal Albert Hall and that's a bit grand and big and for some reason they decided this year it was gonna be in the the BFI. Probably more accessible, a bit more pro- yeah. probably better looking outside. Would Inside be. now the Royal Albert Hall is beautiful. Um I don't know. It was a bit chaotic at the start. Like it was, there were times now when I was looking at Ortega ego and they had nothing at one stage. And I went, oh God, like at least we've, you know, Barry came over, grabbed the mic off me and gave me a noogie in the head. So I was like, at least, you know, you got I something. can tell you about that. Like you could not see the 6-1 talking about that. Whereas, you know, we could have the crack about that. But yeah, I think that, I think they only got, I think they got Barry and that's it maybe. I could be wrong, I could be mistaken, but yeah, it was pretty chaotic because everyone arrives at the exact same time and they had to get the photographs. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, the media they could pass over, they had to get these photographs and it was just it was just so weird seeing everyone all scrunched up together, all these massive A-listers scrunched up together to get a photograph and we were just there standing looking at them behind a little red velvet cord. So, 
That was good. Mental that was scenes, that, I can imagine. Up, that's yeah. up, yeah. Mental that's up scenes. Your Instagram page as well, if you want to have a look. It's well, at least you um, you didn't have to go too far walkwise from where the Baptist was held to our, our studios in London to London Bridge. So it, it wasn't but it wasn't too oh far of a trek God. for you with the two hour sleep. So, <laughs> so that's one and thing I, just, I suppose. I just found out that the canteen has subsidised dinner. So I'm literally walking over <laughs> now to get my food before I head back. <laughs> it <enjoy>. does. <laughs> it's upstairs somewhere, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, enjoy your, um, your dinner there. Subsidised dinner in the canteen overlooking London. <laughs> and we'll chat to you soon Crossy safe travelling back Talk to you soon. Take care. That is our man Crossy uh, joining us live from our London studios there within London Bridge as he's going for his subsidised lunch in the canteen uh, after a busy night at the BAFTAs, but a good win for the Irish and some good news and happy news stories there uh, for us. Calls and comments, a lot of those have come in over the last while. We'll get to those shortly. And your questions for Annalisa to 0818103103. You can text or WhatsApp 0862103103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council, where communities and businesses all across the county can get the support they need at corkcoco.ie. Pancake Tuesday even Pancake Tuesdays tomorrow believe it or not Bush if you want some pancakes then if you're in the Bandon area head along from 10am to 12 noon it's going ahead at the Munster Arms Hotel in Bandon where you can enjoy pancakes and they will cost you admission wise 10 euros all the proceeds there are going to Marymount Hospice and Anam Cara will hold their West Cork meeting that's going ahead tomorrow evening at 7.15pm it goes ahead at the Mill Court in Bandon and to celebrate Shrove Tuesday at St. Matthew's Church Hall in Church Cross on tomorrow morning from 10am to 1pm, you can enjoy coffee cakes, pancakes, and there'll be a lot, lot more, including a cake stall. On all proceeds there, go to Cancer Connect. This is Cork Today on C103. Email Patricia now with your story or comment. Cork today at c103.ie. And a lot of comments in regarding our earlier conversation on the show this morning with the Lord Mayor of Cork, Councillor Deirdre Ford, on the lack of Gardaí in the Cork area. Also, it was touched on by Paul Kavna from McCarthy Insurance Group on our insurance segment. And on that, a lot of comments coming in. First of all, uh, regarding something that's happening in McCroom, uh, somebody here says it's the same story with the lack of Gardaí in McCroom because ever since the new bypass went open we have joyriders up and down the bypass day and night but for those living near the bypass we can hear them uh, the Gardaí must be going after them but no luck so are the Gardaí around the area have we enough Gardaí we have these people who are running around the town and on our bypass I feel this person says it's a major accident waiting to happen while then Michael says uh, how come there are so many people driving around uninsured with all the technology the Gardaí now have I can't say when I've last seen a good old fashioned Garda checkpoint uh, Michael feels the policing system is leaving us down and this needs to be rectified while John says we do need more Gardaí on the roads the amount of L drivers on the roads with no full licensed driver is a joke says John I've, I have a neighbour uh, driving a van home twice a week and sometimes this person can be coming from a pub uh, says John now I don't know if you approve of that or not but that's what you've said uh, it's going on now for a long long time we have drink drivers in many areas of this country they can get away with it and this is because we don't have checkpoints if we had more checkpoint duties uh, it would stop people like this driving home it is a joke at the moment and as regard NCTs people don't want to spend money on cars again the cheapest way out says John on text and 
a lot of people are making the point regarding the NCT that it's a money making racket but regardless of that it's what as Paul says we, you still need to have it it's a legal requirement so regardless of people's views everybody unfortunately whether you agree with it or not must get an NCT and on crossing roads and what they're trying to do in Castle Martyr when we spoke earlier with Dave Scully from the Parents Association in Castle Martyr and what they are trying to do looking as well to recruit a traffic warden so the students can go back and forth safely from the primary school in Castle Martyr. Another person here is saying we need similar in McCroom. Uh, we need lights on the McCroom Road at the crossing as someone will be knocked down there. It's really bad. And also someone making the point from McCroom to Bandon, uh, they feel in various areas of Bandon Town we need more either traffic lights or indeed zebra crossings because people are trying to cross the road but cannot. Uh, like those other towns, we will have someone injured as a result. And on the issue of uninsured drivers, just going back to that, Neil on a text saying, JP, a couple of years ago, we were told we were paying 70 euros extra because of these uninsured drivers. If the figures are rising, 35 euros seems to be very low, uh, says Neil. So, uh, well, it, it could be, I'm not too sure who told you that. Was it the insurance company? Because within the insurance premium, it, there is a charge within the premium for uh, the cost. Uninsured drivers do cost insurance companies. Uh, I'm not too sure of the exact amount. And again, as Paul would have said earlier on the insurance segment, it does depend on each and every insurance company. Uh, but over the last three years, it would seem that uninsured driving, according to the latest stats that have come out, is increasing. Uh, thank you for your WhatsApp on that. And final WhatsApp in, and this is to do with how housing and the housing issue that we are having across Ireland. Uh, this is from uh, Martin who says if modular homes were rolled out across Ireland and indeed Europe this would ease the homeless problem. It would ease it in every country. Uh, they can be built in months and last for 50 years. It's a win-win scenario. Uh, he says I would love one of them. Well I'm sure Martin you're not alone. A lot of people uh, would love them uh, and while they are being used for various reasons at the moment and we heard only was it two or three weeks ago from the protest in Mallow who we were speaking to residents who were against the modular housing going up in a certain site because no one knew what exactly or who they were going to be given out to uh, and they had concerns over that but it did show that uh, regarding the homes themselves the modular homes can go up as you say very very fast and at that time people were asking well if you can do it for others why can't it be done here to solve our own housing problem so I think people would agree with you on that Martin thank you for your text to 0862103103 uh, calls welcome as well on 0818103103 we'll be joining Annalisa Drizel from the Health Hub in Ballincollig next Record today on C103 call Patricia with your comment 0818 and Annalisa Drizel from the Health Hub in Ballincollig joins us as usual on a Monday afternoon. Afternoon to you, Annalisa. Afternoon, John Paul. And you had a nice weekend? Absolutely lovely, yeah. Sure, it's like spring today in Ballincollig. The sun is shining, it's glorious. Yes, same in many parts. Cloudy in some parts, but at least it's dry, sun is shining. So yeah, real spring feeling around and uh, a lot of people looking forward to the sun so they can get some uh, much-needed vitamin D and more vitamins during the summer. Uh, but a lot of questions in, Annalisa. And uh, let's start with this one from Marie. And uh, Marie is asking you, uh, can you recommend anything to help with pain from sciatica? And also from a herniated disc, is there anything you can help her with that? So sciatica is a trapped nerve and it's probably caused by a herniated disc, which means that the, the, the disc between the vertebrae, sort of cushioning the back vertebrae, is has worn away or has, has um, burst or collapsed. 
And unfortunately, that's what's causing the sciatica. So it's obviously trapping the nerve and causing inflammation of the nerve. And there is very little, actually, John Paul, naturally, uh, that can help with that because it is a structural issue. Now, there is stuff that you can take to support the cartilage between the vertebrae and between your joints. And there are things like um, UC2 cartilage is very good. Omega-3 fats are great as a natural anti-inflammatory. Um, collagen is another very good one as well for supporting the joints and glucosamine. But in the case of sciatica, this is a, like a long-term you know, support for joints as opposed to an immediate. I know some people have had great relief from getting an injection into their buttock, into the piriformis muscle in their buttock. And it seems to help with the pain, John Paul. It's a temporary solution, but it does give people great relief. So maybe she could talk to her doctor about that. I think they're fairly expensive, but they can give like, you know, six months or longer of good relief. Okay, hopefully that helps you there, Marie. And this person, no name on this text, but they are taking Revive Active in the morning and then olive leaf extract in the middle of the day and then magnesium for nighttime with all the other ingredients in it. Now, once a month, this person takes 25,000 IU of vitamin D. They want to know, are they taking too much because they have long COVID with a year and a half? It sounds to me like there is definitely vitamin D in the Revive Active, John Paul, and there's about, there's at least a thousand in there, a thousand IUs. And if they're taking that daily and then 20,000 once a month, I would say that it's too much vitamin D. Now, it's very hard to know unless you get your blood levels checked whether or not you have too much or too little vitamin D. But I would be thinking that that's quite a lot. So um, either uh, I would say maybe talk to your doctor about stopping that 25,000 IU dose once a month. Um, or else get your bloods checked and make sure that they're not overdosing. But other than that, there'll be a little bit of crossover between maybe the magnesium at night if there's other vitamins in there and the Revive Active, but nothing to be concerned about. Okay, and Mary's sister has a 10-year-old. Now, she doesn't eat anything apart from bread rolls, so the school lunches can always come back uh, to the house again. So she wants to know, is there anything you can suggest on how to get a 10-year-old or around that age, how to get their appetite uh, going again outside of eating bread rolls? Yeah, so I think... Like it's very complex really for kids, John Paul as well, because sometimes if they eat foods when they're feeling sick, they associate the eating of the food with the feeling of being sick. Um, and so they become very picky about eating food. In terms of improving the appetite, I think probably an iron tonic is always a good way to go for young kids. Um, the Floridix is a lovely one because it's very easy to take. It just tastes like orange juice and there's vitamin C in there for the absorption of iron. Um, and you can get that in any health shop. Um, So that can be a very good one. Another reason that appetite could be low is zinc. Zinc is very important for smell, taste and appetite and immune system function. So it can deplete quite quickly in the winter months and especially if it's it's not in the diet. You need to be eating a lot of seeds, nuts and seeds and sea fish, um, seafood like fish and shellfish to get zinc. So it could be deficient. So maybe another nice supplement in this case would be a little vitamin C. And again, you can get chewable vitamin C's that are very suitable for children. And then I think advice, advice around helping kids to eat better is to get them involved in the preparation of food. So when they come in, let them peel their own cucumber or give them little cherry tomatoes and things that they might be willing to sort of take in their hand and nibble at. Always a smoothie is a great way to pack a load of stuff in. So get frozen berries and put in a yogurt 
um, and a banana to sweeten it up. And sweeten it with honey. Don't worry about sweetening it if they'll take it. That's a great way of doing it. And then hiding vegetables in sauces by liquidizing, you know, tomato-based sauces and using them for things like pizza topping and spaghetti bolognese. Another good way of getting veg into them. Okay, and Martin is in Mitchellstown. Now, he wants to know, Annalisa, what he can use instead of mercurichrome. He said he needs this for a corn on his foot and he has type 2 diabetes. Now, while he's waiting for an appointment because there's a backlog, is there anything he can use instead of that supplement? So, yeah, I think probably the best alternative would be something called colloidal silver. So mercurochrome actually was what we all would have been put on our legs jumping when we were kids. And it was a kind of uh, used as an antibiotic to prevent the, the, the cut becoming infected. But there's mercury in it and mercury is quite dangerous for the nervous system. Um, it's actually very dangerous for the nervous system. So it has been taken off the market. But colloidal silver can work very well as an alternative. It has the same antibacterial effects as mercury, but because it's in tiny nanoparticles, it's never going to build up to the levels where it could be damaging to the nervous system. So you'll get this as a spray. You can also get it as a cream or a gel, and it's a great thing for slow healing or wounds that are need to be kept um, sterile without causing any side effects. Well, hopefully that helps you there, Martin, in Mitchellstown. And then from Mitchellstown to Drumcollar, her Sheila uh, wants to know what you would recommend for eczema or dermatitis. It's very itchy for her at the moment. So eczema um, generally, I think, is always related to the gut, um, John Paul. And often people who have eczema will have IBS or they'll have food intolerances. So really the deep, deep key to getting to get rid of eczema is to deal with the gut and get rid of any food intolerances. But if you wanted to just try some stuff off the shelf, what I'd first recommend is a good probiotic for the skin, and that will help with the gut element. And BioNutri do one called Dermadophilus, D-E-R-M-A, and then D-O-P-H-I-L-U-S, Dermadophilus. It's by a company called BioNutri. That's one that's been specifically designed to support healthy skin. Then take um, some good quality fish oil to put the fat into the skin because with eczema, the skin tends to be very dry and damages very easily. So you need a very, very high strength one. So I'd go for either the Wiley's Platinum or the Unocardio Plus and they're both lovely high strength fish oils. So that's what you can take from the inside. And then from the outside, I would use the Bio, uh, the Salcura. They do a lovely spray called Derma Spray that's full of omega-7 fats and lavender and tea tree and very, very soothing essential oils. It's very, very good to stop the immediate itch and to hydrate the skin quickly. And they also do a cream called Zeoderm. And then the last thing that we get good feedback here on the shop is the Hopes Relief and they do an eczema cream as well. And Trevor is in Maha. Now he's wondering, he suffers from gout. Is there anything you could recommend to either ease uh, the pain from gout or to prevent it altogether? So the best thing with gout is prevention. Now, diet is a huge part to play with it. And it's a, a purines, which are proteins that you find in things like fish and meat, very high in beer as well, eggs, cheese. They'd all be very high in purines. And the problem with people who get gout is that that gets converted to uric acid in the bloodstream. And if that uric acid can crystallize and get stuck between joints and it can be excruciatingly painful. So targeting the diet is one way of doing it. But if you don't want to really make huge changes in your diet, drinking tart or bitter cherry juice every single day can help. Um, And then if you're in a flare-up, I'd highly recommend Dr. Claire. She does um, 
a very good natural anti-inflammatory for joint pain called musculo, M-U-S-C-U-L-O, joint, musculo joint. So I would take that three times a day. And then Terra Nova also have a very good product. Uh, this is a company, you'll find these in a health shop. And it is tart, cherry and turmeric and nettle combo nation. It comes in a powder, so you just would add that into into uh, a, a drink, uh, water and drink it. So if you're in a flare-up, do that three times a day. And for prevention, take a glass of cherry juice or the Terra Nova product once a day. And very finally, Carmel is in Skibbereen. She has a seven-year-old son. Now he obviously is going to school and he plays sport outside of school, but he seems to get run down a lot with sore throats, uh, sometimes mouth ulcers as well. What can she give him to improve uh, that he doesn't keep getting sore throats? That's the big thing that he keeps seems to be getting at the moment is the throat and the mouth ulcers. So the first thing I always ask John Paul is if the diet is any good because if kids aren't eating a lot and if they're very sporty they're going to have a higher requirement for vitamins and minerals. So if the diet is good don't worry about it but if the diet is not good consider a good quality multivitamin. Um, there's a couple of very nice ones on the market uh, for young kids for young for young kids the animal parade gummies and the chewables go down very well. But there's also um uh, there's also lots of different kinds of ones that will cover all of the basics that you'll get in any pharmacy if you can't get to the health shop. The one things that I think that kids don't get in diet much are things like vitamin C and zinc. Um, also, the beta-glucans, which tend to come in mushrooms, they're all foods that kids don't like to get. And these are wonderful to support the immune system. So I'd recommend taking something like um, BioNutri to a junior elderberry complex. I think Stalgar have something similar if you can't get the BioNutri one. And... Um, BioCare also do an elderberry complex. So these are going to have a lot of things that are difficult to get on the diet that are natural antivirals and immune boosters. And then the thing I'd recommend then for the sore throat element, Irish Botanica, an Irish company, they do a lovely product called Throat Coat and it comes as a spray and it's a, it's a, it's a blend of different things including echinacea and marshmallow so it's very soothing if you have a sore throat but it's great to use as a preventative so I'd recommend he took a few blasts of that before he'd go out on the soccer pitch getting cold or wherever he's training um, getting cold and you know getting in contact with other germs just to protect the throat Okay and thank you for that Annalise I know you want to mention bone health advice because you have something coming up there within your health hub in Baden College Yeah so on the 2nd of March John Paul which is a Thursday from 11 to 1 o'clock, I'll be here as well as another nutritional therapist called Fiona Davies. She works for a company called Nature's Plus, who do one of the two of my favourite bone supplements, actually, um, the Garden Bone Support and the, uh, the Cheap and Cheerful one as well. We often get great feedback on them. So we'll be here to answer questions about bones, about diet and to recommend supplements. And it's just free to drop in. So just feel free to come to the Health Hub on uh, Thursday, March the 2nd, between 11 and 1. Very good. Annalisa, thank you for that and we'll chat to you next week. Thanks, Take care. Uh, that's Annalisa Drizal there joining us from the Health Hub in Times Square in Baden College. If you missed anything we discussed there, you can log on and check out the podcast on c103.ie or via the C103 app. That's it for today. My thanks to Bernie Murphy who produced back again tomorrow morning from 10am. Enjoy your Monday afternoon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.